Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone, welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of the Teachers Podcast. So in this episode, I interviewed Jenny Wood and Holly Hindle from Alfresco Learning for the second time on the Teachers Podcast. I've never re-interviewed any guests before, but Holly and Jenny got in touch because they wanted to share what they've learned about outdoor learning over the past year during lockdown and offer you more value at a time when taking lessons outdoors to minimise COVID risk is a priority. So just like last time, the ladies at Alfresco brought so many ideas to get you started with your lessons outdoors. I've recently listened to a book about habits, and one of the key messages in that book is, make it easy. And I feel that this is the message that Holly and Jenny are trying to bring to you as well. You can implement outdoor learning in your lessons, the key is to start small and make it easy. I really hope that you enjoy listening in. And if you haven't done so yet, Subscribe or follow the Teachers Podcast on your preferred listening platform so that you can keep up to date with new episode releases. And I'm also on Twitter as at Claire underscore Riley underscore TP. So I look forward to connecting with you on there. Here's my chat with Al Fresco. So Holly, Jenny, welcome again for the second time to the Teachers Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So I've mentioned to you before that your episode is one of the most listened to episodes. People want to know how to get their lessons outside. Um, I think for, for me, one of a massive draw for that would be that um, I could reduce my marking more than, yep. more than actually being outside. Although I do actually think just the fresh air makes you feel better. Absolutely. Um, we were blown away when we found that out. Yes, well, but it doesn't surprise me, though, because it was a great episode. So really happy to have you back again. Um, and rather than tell me your, your life story, because you did that last time, why don't you tell me what you've done in the last year since, since we interviewed last time? It's been such a roller coaster of the year, as it has been for everyone. Um, so when we saw you last year, we had just got started with outdoor workshops and We were visiting schools um, sort of all around the north of England, delivering these curriculum-based workshops. And then obviously the pandemic happened. So um, we weren't able to go into schools anymore. So we've changed a bit since then, haven't we, Jen? Yeah, so since we, the pandemic, um, you know, struck us all, we ended up taking a lot of our stuff online. So it was a quick sort of, how can we change the business to still get uh, maximum reach and help teachers that needed help getting outside there and then um, but also you know get our get our things across to people as well so we went online we developed online CPD uh, we had you know training videos that we actually filmed um, in our back gardens because you know obviously at the time that's the only place you can film it so yeah, just yeah. sat in our back gardens filming training videos um, and putting them out there for staff and then developing our planning hub that we actually have for key stage one now so now we have a fully functional key stage one planning hub um, that has lots of outdoor lesson plans in it 
and um, that is where we're at now, developing that side of the business, the online side. Fantastic. And I think I feel like online is the way forward as well. So as much as we'll be able to to get together and nobody's saying that we won't do that, it just allows us to access so much more, doesn't it? Like I've, um, I signed up to a training course. And I really like the fact that it was two hours every day for, for a week. Um, and I could just sign up to it rather than having to travel somewhere. Like yesterday, I traveled to Peterborough for the full day and it's like two and a half hours down, and two and a half hours back. And that's five hours of your day. It's a long time. Um, so I am an advocate of having things online. So I think it's great that you're building that because as well, you know, you, you live in one place, don't you? It's difficult. If you were going to go down to Cornwall, that would be like two overnight stays. Yeah, definitely. We've we've enjoyed actually being online and feeling like we're making a difference to more teachers. Mm. Um, because obviously when you're traveling and you're visiting one school, you can only make the impact on that one school or the teachers that you're working with that day. Whereas online, um, you know, we can reach more people. Um, we've reached people all around the world as well, which has been incredible. So yeah, we, we missed the face-to-face contact. We did have a training session face-to-face um, last week, which was really lovely. And it was great to have that conversation with people and, and being around people again. So we look forward to doing more of that um, when the spring comes around and we've got light evenings again to do twilight sessions. Yes, that will be nice. Yeah, I do miss, I already miss the light evenings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So one thing that you you said to me, because I always ask people to send me information, um, is that you've come across a lot of challenges, um, you know, through this year of going around schools and and developing your practice, really. And and also you've come up with solutions for those. So how about you just talk me through those? Because I think, you know, people who listened to your podcast last year and have started to um, sort of put more outdoor learning into their curriculums, I'm sure that these will just kind of hit so many boxes for them. Yeah, so these challenges we noticed um, were kind of patterns when we were going around and visiting lots of different schools and delivering our workshops. And there are also patterns that we've continued to discuss with our members um, who've come and done training with us. So yeah, they're, they're things that pop up quite frequently. Um, so one of them is around using your outdoor space. And the thing that we hear the most often is, I don't have a usable outdoor space. I've only got a playground. Um, I don't really have any nature or green space. Um, And just struggling to get the most out of the outdoor space. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, they say, you know, we don't have an outdoor space, but actually as well, they also think they don't have enough of the outdoor space. So it might be that they do have like grass verges, and they do have playground space, but they think there's not enough there for the whole school to be able to utilize it. They think it has to be, you know, just one class at a time. Um, so something that we have been trying to, you know, share with teachers is that try and look at your space, your outdoor space, as you do your classroom. A lot of teachers are fantastic at going into a classroom over summer, 
using every single nook and cranny in that classroom for learning opportunities, which is fantastic. And then they step outside and unless it's, you know, sometimes unless it's a beautiful like woodland little area, they just sort of a bit, a bit stumped with what to do with it. And we have really been trying to get across that actually playground space is usable space, green like grass verges, even if you've got just a strip of grass, sorry, you can use that as well. You can use that for so much outdoor learning opportunities um, and really think about all those nooks and crannies. Even when I used to take my class outside, um, sometimes it would just be a case of my door actually opened onto the playground and there was a tiny um, area just outside my door that was sort of a little bit sheltered from the rest of the playground and I used to just take the class outside just outside my door so we wouldn't even use the playground it would just be a very small space in the doorway because actually that's all I needed for that outdoor learning session that I was doing um, so that's something that we've really tried to, you know, get across to teachers that look at every single space you've got and think how you can take learning there. If it's a playground, you know, using chalk, if it's a grass verge, getting some, you know, leaves and doing some nice work there. Yeah, our, our preferred space is actually a combination of playground and a grass verge because it's it provides different surfaces so you've got your kind of like grassy area with your natural resources where you can go and start setting up some learning activities but then it's nice to come back to your pl playground space and be able to regroup and discuss and have those group discussions so yeah you don't it's lovely when schools do have these woodland areas set up and lots of natural space but they're not essential to getting outside would you say as well, it's, you know, obviously, Jenny, you mentioned about thinking about like your classroom. Well, over the summer, what you do generally, a lot of teachers for your classroom is go to B&Ms, <laughs> buy a lot of stuff and fill that classroom. So would you say, you know, if you've only got a playground space, you don't have trees or things, it's about going to collect those things and bringing them into the playground? Yeah, so definitely in terms of if you are just working with just a playground space um, spending time collecting you know natural loose parts we are huge advocates of using natural loose parts and one of the best things about natural loose parts is you know a lot of the time you can get them for free because you just go on a local walk and um, collect a load of sticks collect a load of leaves right now there's conkers there's acorns there's so many different things that you can collect and bring into your space so that even if you do just have a playground you can utilize as much nature as possible um, and actually you know doing that means that you've got already so many more learning opportunities outside so natural loose parts give me an example so you've said conkers, you've said leaves. What, what are all the things that you could collect? Oh, there's a huge list. Pine cones, um, acorns, pebbles are a great one, shells, um, sticks are really good. As long as you keep them dry, they will store all year. Um, bamboo sticks, those are great because you can cut them down to um, specific lengths. So lots of mathematical opportunities. Oh, I'm trying to think what else have we got. We've got... Um, bark so you can buy we tend to buy these you can get sort of bark cut into shapes so you can get stars and squares and things like that um yeah but basically anything that you can find on a woodland walk or in a natural area 
collect it because you can use them for manip manipulatives in maths. So taking your kind of everyday plastic, say multi-link outside or base 10 and things like that, it can end up a bit of a nightmare because if that ends up all over your playground, particularly your base 10, you're never going to get all of those ones back. You're, yeah. going, to be, you're going to be finding them for weeks, um, whereas natural loose parts are made to be outside. So, you know, even if a couple get left behind, it, there's no impact on the environment. Um, but they're also sort of small enough that you can store them, but big enough that they're practical to use outdoors. And I suppose depending as well on your outside space, they don't always have to be stored indoors either. No. I don't know what they are. Okay, brilliant. Um, so what other challenges have you found that people have come across? Um, so clothing is another one. And clothing is probably the biggest one that people kind of know, but they don't necessarily realise. So um, children having the correct clothing can be really difficult. There's nothing worse than planning an outdoor session and then realizing that half of your class hasn't got the right clothing and they're not dressed appropriately, particularly in the winter. Um, it can be really challenging, particularly in the UK, because it's so changeable. Um, adults having the correct clothing um, and then also storing clothing as well can be quite a challenge. Um, when we've come across adults who are reluctant about outdoor learning, nine times out of 10, it comes down to being uncomfortable outdoors. And that is quite often because they're not dressed appropriately. Um, you know, we would go and deliver workshops and they would be booked in, in in good time and people would turn up in, you know, ballet pumps, but we were outside and it was, you know, November and they were freezing, even though they've got a big coat on, their feet are cold. So yeah, clothing is is a huge one. Um, Jen, do you want to run through some some of our tips for going over coming yeah. hours? I think in terms of adult clothing, if you're talking about additional adults that you've got in your class, um, then actually the first thing you need to be doing is communicating with them when you're planning on going outside, uh, because just as Holly said, sometimes you know we went in for a workshop and staff wouldn't be dressed appropriately but then sometimes it was clear that the staff had no idea we were going to turn up and go outside with the children for that long period of time and um, so if you do have additional adults actually involving them in that process of what is going to be done outside how long you're going to be outside for so that they can be prepared um, and if people are not naturally outdoorsy then actually sharing with them some good ideas for clothing so for adults things like you know making sure that you have got a really good coat uh, so a windproof coat is you know essential in this weather um, and making sure you've got some gloves but things that are not um, woolly so that when they get wet in the rain they're going to just get absolutely soaked and make your hands really really cold you want something that's going to be quick wicking so it dries out quickly um, same with your shoes you want to pick something that's warm wellies aren't always the warmest thing so it might be that you choose another type of footwear um, but actually something that is warm and going to keep your feet warm because as adults you are going to move a lot less than the children and you know the children might be warming up because they're running around and doing all the outdoor learning but if you're you know just standing and going around the groups you're not going to move around as much so you want to make sure that you're warm as the adult uh, in terms of children having the right clothing making sure that you're communicating with parents as well and that parents know 
you know what sort of outdoor clothing they need to to provide for their child because again if they're not aware that you're going to take them outside then they're probably not going to be ready for outdoor learning so making sure that you really communicate with parents what you um you know are going to be doing so that they can dress their child appropriately and making sure as well I think sometimes that it's okay that they know that if they're wearing like a big coat for instance and it gets a little bit muddy but you're somebody that goes outdoors a lot it's okay if that coat is still a little bit muddy tomorrow it's not the end of the world you know it's 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 part of outdoor learning and they don't need to feel the pressure of having to wash clothes every single night. Yeah it's funny actually because we were talking just before uh, my daughter um, does go to the woods a lot um, and actually the clothing that she has to have in school is uh, she's got to have wellies that are just for school she, so I've just bought her some new wellies for home because I was like oh I gave them to school <laughs> and um, she's also got to have a waterproof coat and waterproof trousers she's like got a complete outfit and and a woolly hat as well and um, but it's interesting that we're talking about this because um, I need a winter coat. I've got um, I've got a spring coat and uh, we were outside the other day and I was cold. And I even said to my husband, look, I want to get a coat that's warm enough so I'm comfortable outside because I know I'll go outside more. Um, and so I just think it's so funny that we're now having this conversation and it's so true. What you're saying is, you know, if you're going to do it, take it seriously and, and be prepared because you're not going to enjoy it if you're uncomfortable. Yeah, you're going to cut your lesson short and you're going to, you know, if you're stood there absolutely freezing or you're getting, you know, soggy arms because the water's soaking in through your coat, you're going to cut whatever's happening short because you're not comfortable. Um, But then also, you know, if you've got children who are a little bit unsure about being outside, if they look at you and your face is showing that you're uncomfortable, you're kind of showing them that there is something to be wary of in being outdoors. But I have to say a windproof coat is an absolute game changer. I mean, I'd had waterproof coats before. And then when I switched to a windproof one, it's amazing because it can be absolutely freezing and the wind blowing and you just can't feel a thing. Yeah. it does feel so nice to be outside and then be be really wrapped up and feel comfortable and warm yeah Yeah. I do I do love that feeling yeah and I found a lot of um so I'm a horse rider and I found a lot of the equestrian stuff is actually really good because it's made for people to be outside and moving around yeah yeah so yeah I suppose that's something as well isn't it being able to Times we have these massive coats yeah you look like um, a snowman <laughs> yeah anyway but even the gloves like I have a pair of gloves that are they're like neoprene and they've got the grips on the fingers and the palm of the hands because obviously when you're riding you need to be able to hold reins and I've used them non-stop for our outdoor workshops because then if there's bits of paper on the floor or things that need picking up I'm not pulling my glove off and then getting a freezing cold hand picking everything up I can just keep my gloves on and and pick everything up it's brilliant so I'm gonna write myself a shopping list here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just for half term to be honest just for half term yeah. <laughs> okay so um, any more challenges so in terms of children's clothing there is the expectations with parents but another thing um that we always used to do was have a bank of spare clothing now obviously under current circumstances you need to follow, follow your school's guidelines on um where you're at with sharing things between children in the same bubble and everything but 
we used to find that having a couple of spare coats, um, just because they were always left in the, in the cloakroom at the end of the summer. So we used to try and get them back to people and then basically keep hold of them for the following year if they weren't claimed. Um, and having spare jumpers um, and just any spare shoes and things, asking for donations as well from parents further up school so that you get things that are big enough for your class. You'll find that, you know, if you've got lots of children who don't have the right thing to wear, if you've got a few spares, it helps, you know, because someone else might have a spare hat anyway and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. And um, what about time? So, yeah. Time is definitely a tough one. And I think it's the one that we've heard the most since, um, you know, schools have gone back after the pandemic is we don't have time for outdoor learning. And I think that is purely down to people's understanding of what outdoor learning is. Um, I think a lot of people think it's tools and it's fire and it's it's all of these um, additional skills, which is are great like if you've got the time to do that that's fabulous you know and the skills and everything but if you don't outdoor learning really should be taking your everyday indoor lessons outside so taking your phonics outside your maths you know your English your topic science experiments um and people sort of think it's going to be an addition on their workload but actually what you find is it it reduces workload yes yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely reduces your workload because I feel like as well, when you take learning outside children, because they're more active, they're more involved in it. It is more hands on. They do pick up things um, a, quite a bit quicker. So something that you might be covering in maths for, you know, a week inside uh, because, you know, it's just not getting through or they're not quite understanding it, taking them outside and doing it in a much more bigger, more practical, active way they will pick it up a little bit quicker as well. So actually you don't have to spend so long on it. Um, and with time as well, I think some people um, try to restrict it a little bit by timetable. So think about, right, okay, we've got you know classes from year one to year six that want to go outside and use our playground space. So this is your slot, this is your allocated time. Um, but sometimes outdoor learning doesn't work like that. And actually, especially with the British weather, um, it's not always going to fit into your slot. So if you give somebody a slot for their, you know, outdoor learning session, it might be that it just doesn't quite fit in with what they're learning that week. It might be that it doesn't fit in with what the weather's doing that week. So giving teachers a bit more freedom with when they can take their class outside really opens it up for teachers that maybe aren't as confident in doing so because they can then choose which lesson it is that they take out first and it'll be you know whichever lesson they're more comfortable teaching they can easily transfer that to outside them so you're not putting extra pressure on them um, and you know doing it that way means that actually they can go out for you know a session each day or they can just go out for one session that week it's really up to them and getting them started um, to make sure that they enjoy it as much as possible on this you know starting their journey with outdoor learning because it is so important now to get kids outside you know as much as possible but you know making sure that teachers and staff really enjoy it as well it is for them too you know it, it does it's it's really beneficial for everyone so making sure that the staff enjoy it as much as possible by not restricting time is a fantastic way 
I also think for me, my main driver would be, yes, to get outside, because I do like being outside, but I I see that as, okay, if I can take my lessons outside, I'm not taking books outside, <laughs> and I'm reducing my marking. That's what I'd be the most concerned about. So I feel like in that way, it does reduce workload, because basically you're making it into a practical lesson, aren't you? Definitely. The, the outdoors demands that the activities are practical and hands-on, otherwise there's kind of no point you're just taking a book outside um and you won't your children won't reap the same the same benefits and there's lots of studies that show that children um develop you know more strongly cognitively when they're outside and surrounded by nature it has all of these wonderful effects on the brain with concentration and attentiveness which obviously then increases learning so yeah, there's, there's a lot of benefits for teachers and education around actually, you know, taking lessons outside. Um, and we've seen it ourselves. You know, that's, that is why we got into outdoor learning is because it had such a wonderful effect on our classes. Um, and we started seeing, you know, children who were maybe struggling to engage in the classroom. We went outside and they were suddenly engaged and they were suddenly starting to pick things up that that there's just no chance in the classroom because they weren't they weren't on board with it they they were turned off you know they were switched off they they weren't engaged you take it outside you make it practical you bring in movement there's all of the you know the sensory exploration outside and suddenly these children just light up like light bulbs and they start to make progress and it's fantastic yeah yeah, I can see that completely. Um, it just changes your mindset being outdoors, I think, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, huge for well-being. Yeah. It's definitely um, a big part of why I got into outdoor learning. So um, around the time that I started picking up outdoor learning, my, my health was actually suffering and I was really struggling. I found um, everyday teaching really hard. I was very, very burnt out. Um, and I was at the point where I was like, I can't keep going anymore. Um, taking my class outside gave me that little bit of relief. It was good for the children as well. And all these benefits were happening and all this learning. But for me, when I had spent an hour outdoors with the class and I came back in, I felt so much better than I would have done if I'd have delivered that maths lesson, say, indoors. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's about, there's a lot of physical health benefits to it, but there's also a lot of mental health benefits to it as well. Yeah. You're selling it to me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I asked the uh, team to, um, you know, if they want to ask you any questions. So Ed's got quite a few. Um, <laughs> so this question just made me laugh. So he says, um, well, you're clearly convinced about outdoor learning and you see it as a real priority. So where did that passion come from? You know, what convinced you of the importance of it? We are, we are convinced. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. Um, Jen, do you want to tell your story around this one? Because I feel like yours is one that people will relate to. Yeah, so I think with mine, it, I mean, in terms, in briefly where it, it really started was I've always been very outdoorsy. Um, I've always loved the outside and being outside. But then, so I used to, when I was teaching, I have taken all my classes outdoors at some point, but the year that it really turned around for me was, and, you know, it became an actual, you know, real passion that I felt needed to be shared 
was a year that I had a class um, that was very difficult with behaviour and it was that class that everybody in school knows. Um, nobody in school wants to, you know, particularly teach um, because just because of the dynamic of the class um, and yeah a lot of uh, a lot of struggles around that um, in that particular year and it got to the point where one day I you know being being confident outdoors anyway really did help but one day I just sort of thought you know what we all need a break um, you know I need a break my TA needs a break the children need a break we just need to you know have a break from this classroom and these four walls for a minute we went outside and it started really as just a, right, let's all talk, sort of take a refresh, um, you know, a mind refresh. Let's all hit the reset button, just, you know, take in some fresh air and then we'll be ready to go back in. But actually seeing how, how much the children changed outside compared to inside, um, it no longer was a struggle to try and keep them on task because they were already so engaged children that I um, had in the class that might have been a little bit um, shy to sort of come forward and you know share with the group actually outside would share you know things that they had experienced outdoors and things that they'd seen during playtime and really connecting with the nature and then as well children that were um, a little bit more of a handful inside basically outside just connected with other children and you know engaged with the tasks because it was a different way of learning that just worked and seeing that whole class dynamic the passion for outdoors really came when my connection to those children changed after taking them outside so my teacher you know pupil relationship was greatly improved by taking those children outside because I just saw such a different side to them that I hadn't seen inside before and it it just it worked it worked for them so much and from then I used to take that class out whenever we got the chance you know any weather any any day we took almost you know everything outside as much as we could because it it was what was needed for that class to you know function as a class and get some learning done as well so just just on that then I'm glad you've answered this question because his next question is specifically for you and um he says is it a coincidence that you always wanted to be a zookeeper and then found yourself looking after groups of children outside <laughs> yeah um I think yeah sometimes when when we get talk to people and say you know taking your kids outside your whole class and they do sort of give you sometimes if they do have a bit of a tricky class they give you the eye roll and they're like oh it won't work for my class and it's and it's like no I've I've had that class and it does work and maybe yeah maybe it's, you know there is a there is a thing in it that I'm you know I don't know taming taming the children outdoors <laughs> it's your inner Steve Irwin coming out it is yeah <laughs> um, so, uh, Ed stopped finishing uh, he stopped asking you questions now <laughs> so, and Rachel, Rachel says what do you think the biggest benefit of outdoor learning is oh it's so hard to choose because there's just so many um for me, I would say it's the um, holistic approach that it provides. So whilst you're delivering all of, you know, your academic learning, 
they're also getting all of the physical benefits from it. They're developing their motor skills and then, you know, they're being nurtured. So their well-being is being cared for. And for me, that's the biggest benefit of outdoor learning is that it kind of, it fills in all those gaps, the gaps that you have where you've got children where it's like, oh, we need to work on handwriting, but we can't work on handwriting all day, every day. So, so instead you can plan some outdoor activities for teaching other areas of the curriculum, but they're developing their motor skills all of the time. So then handwriting kind of improves off the back of it. Um, so for me, that I would say that's one of the biggest benefits. What about you, Jen? I would say the biggest benefit is that the pressure it takes off from the learning because you know, especially when we were in key stage one, I mean, year two sats, there's huge pressure on children sometimes. And it it takes off so much pressure from the children and you as a teacher going outside and you're still covering the learning objective. They're still learning. You're still doing what you need to do. But everyone just has such a, a better time doing it because there's no pressure of you know it needs to be in the book exactly like this all the time or it needs to you know be set out in a certain way all the time and it's just that freedom that it gives you know children and you to to really enjoy learning again I think you know it brings back for me it brought back the passion of my teaching when I started taking them outside okay thank you how um how would you try and manage the opinions then of some staff that believe you know, oh, that's okay for EYFS, but it's not for my key stage two class. I think you have to facilitate them in experiencing it. I think it's taken us a really long time to be able to articulate in words what it is about outdoor learning. And we've done, a, it's from doing a lot of it and also speaking to lots of members of staff and hearing the same bits of feedback again and again is what's helped us to put it into words. Um, but quite often when, when teachers do start, start picking up the approach, we'll just hear like, oh, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's just great. You know, and that's how we felt in the beginning. It's just kind of this feeling um, that you get that as a teacher, you, you just know that you're doing the right thing for the children and you're still ticking all of the other boxes that you need to. So yeah, getting, actually just getting them outside, whether it's with you or, you know, might be harder now with bubbles I guess to go out with bubbles together but um you know getting them to experience it for themselves we delivered some training last week and there was a member of staff who did seem a little bit mm, I'm not sure about this I'm not sure I'm on board with this I you know he was upper key stage two and it was a bit like oh you know I'm not sure by the end he was very much like yeah I can see this working. I'm teaching data next week and it's really boring. But now, now that I've done it and I've delivered some activities with you, I can see that actually this is going to be so much more engaging and more exciting for me to teach that next week as well. So yeah, yeah. experience. Yeah. I suppose it's about um, being able to show them something that they can relate to as well, especially for the, their year group. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that we're turning our focus towards more is um, Key Stage 2, because there's a lot of outdoor inspiration for early years. And there's more and more outdoor inspiration coming about for Key Stage 1. But Key Stage 2, it's still quite sparse. So that's something that, that we're looking to change. Good, good. That's exciting. I find that exciting because I used to teach year four and I'd have loved going outside all the time. Um, I just think I'd have struggled with the ideas 
I suppose once you once you start once you start with some ideas then you start to think of your own and develop those don't you yeah definitely cool um okay then so last question um, because I'm not going to ask you the closing questions because I asked you those last time. <laughs> so if you could take a group of children or a class or a bubble anywhere in the world for outdoor learning, where would it be and why? I would take them to a woodland um, purely because even now as an adult, when I go into the woodlands for a walk, I still discover so many things that I, you know, didn't know about, um, you know, facts about nature, but also just spotting so many opportunities. So, you know, the other day, like I was walking through the woods and you see uh, some sycamore trees with all those, you know, black spots on that they get in winter sometimes. And then just so many learning opportunities that could come from that. And actually as an adult, going into the woodland and, and doing that still provides me with so much excitement for new learning for me mm. that actually that's going to be so beneficial for the children as well because there's just so much there for them to to get their get their heads around you know there's there's like the wildlife side there's the plant side there's then like your actual curriculum learning side that you can do there's just so much that can be done in a woodland I think no exotic I... places for you no. <laughs> <laughs> no she's she's happy at home yeah <laughs> I think thinking on it a little bit more I think I would go somewhere very cold with lots of snow because it's not something that we get a lot of in the UK and the snow is fantastic for learning opportunities because it's basically one big moldable resource that you can make into anything so yeah, I think I think that would be mine yeah oh I like that yeah I was thinking oh she's gonna do an experiment like um I don't know melt it or something but no you're just gonna make any kind of resource you need you'll make based <laughs> exactly exactly we can write in it we can build with it we can form anything that we need to and I think just challenging that stereotype as well of um being in the cold you know there's still so many opportunities if you're wrapped up warm Holly will be there with a windproof coat I will <laughs> and my gloves <laughs> yeah well thank you so much um so obviously we'll make sure that your instagram because you've got a big instagram following haven't you um is in the show notes um and people can see everything that you're doing and also your website because you mentioned that you've got some online training and I, and I reckon a lot of teachers will want to tap into that and work out how they can get outside more yeah we have a blog as well with lots of free guides on and things like that um things like boundary games to help people get started with outdoor learning. Um, there's a natural classroom guide on there and how to bring a bit more nature indoors as well. So yeah, lots of freebies on the website. Super, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for the second time. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening. Time, clothing, outdoor space. I hope that you now have some ideas to tackle these common objections Outdoor learning is possible, it can reduce our workload and be beneficial for both us and the children, but it does require us to be prepared for it, especially in the colder months, like now. So I challenge you to teach one of your lessons outside in the next two weeks. And the three of us would love to know how you are getting on and taking your lessons outside, so don't be afraid of reaching out to us on social media and let us know how it's going. You'll find everything that Holly, Jenny and I talked about in the show notes. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Claire underscore Riley underscore TP. On Instagram, The Teachers Podcast. On Facebook, The Teachers Podcast. Or also on Facebook, join me in The Teachers Podcast community. And I also really appreciate reviews of the podcast. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.